An ordinary carpenter, an ordinary couple working and living in the first century. Ordinary, except that these two harbor a heavenly secret. I have dinner almost. Joseph, what have you done to your hand? It's nothing. I was planing a plank. Here, sit. The shard is still there. I tried to get it out, but that was hoping you'd help. Oh, dear, you've driven about the way to the bone. Joseph, your finger is swelling already. Well, you know, things like this happen in the shop. There. Oh, look at that. Stay there. I'm not finished. I must cleanse it and pack it with ointment. Um, now hold still. How is he? Oh. His cries. Are they as mournful as always? Well, he's been sleeping today, which means he won't sleep tonight. Well, let me care for him tonight. You need rest for your work. I can't Mary, ask you... if he wakes tonight, let me comfort him. Please. Integrity Publishers and this station proudly present the Holding Heaven radio special. Here's your host and narrator, author and speaker, Jerry B. Jenkins. Hello. You're about to hear the Christmas story from a different perspective, one we often overlook, and that's from the viewpoint of Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. This is adapted from my novella, Holding Heaven, illustrated by Ron DeCiani and published by Integrity. In the first act, we see Joseph and Mary, exhausted parents of an infant son. They're living and working in Egypt where they've been told to flee. What must it have been like for Joseph to hold that baby in his arms, to know that this was the promised Messiah, to realize Jesus was not his own flesh and blood, but the very Son of God? This is our Christmas gift to you, so we hope you enjoy Act One of Holding Heaven. The worker of wood lay on his back in the darkness, hands behind his head, leathery fingers interlaced, one throbbing. His young wife slumbered to his left, her breathing even and deep. An arm's length from her, the baby had begun to stir again. At times like this, usually deep into the Egyptian desert night, the boy began to groan to give voice to some pain so deep it produced wails without tears. I'm I'm awake. I'm sorry, Joseph. He's fed and dry. How's your finger? It's all right. Sleep. I'm going to walk with him. Just rest. Thank you, Joseph. So tired. Padding barefoot to his shop, the baby tucked snugly in the crook of his elbow. Joseph found a kidskin bottle draped over his workbench. He brushed the foreleg of the skin to Jesus' lips, but the baby turned from it. Very well, little one. Some fresh air, perhaps. Look. See the moon? The stars? They look like they're just above the olive tree, like you could reach out and and touch them. Hmm? Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) 
So you, you want me to talk, do you? Well, I'll need a place to sit. This was supposed to be an oxen yoke. It didn't actually work out that way. Maybe one day you'll show me how to be a good carpenter. <laughs> oh, I cannot imagine you're feeling more like my own flesh. Oh, oh, only this tired voice will still you. Very well. What will keep you from crying? Perhaps, oh, your own story. All right, little one. Um, your mother and I, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a good place to start. We were very much in love. She had been selected for me, but I was more than somewhat involved in my father's thinking. Your mother and I had grown to know and, and long for each other. We lived in Palestine, in the north, Nazareth. The Roman Empire had occupied us for more than 50 years, establishing King Herod. But... Like my countrymen, I longed for the day when we would again have a voice in our own affairs, as our forefathers did in the days of great King David. <laughs> the scriptures foretold of a deliverer, and the prophet Malachi prophesied a forerunner, someone to prepare us for that deliverer. That forerunner, son, is a relative of yours. Can you believe it? Yes, your mother's cousin, Elizabeth, is married to an old priest named Zacharias. He was in the temple holy place. It was his turn to offer incense on the altar. He considered this the greatest day of his life. But when Elizabeth later opened the door to her husband at home... What is it? Zacharias, what's wrong with you? Zacharias? Here. Use this tablet and tell me what in the world. An angel spoke to you in the temple. Gabriel himself. What did he say? A son. We are to have a son. And we're to name him John. Oh, why can't you speak? Why can't you tell me what you've seen? Imagine an angel speaking to a man. It hadn't happened for centuries, and yet Elizabeth immediately believed. Zacharias wrote that he at first doubted the message and Gabriel had stricken him mute until the promise came true. The angel said John would prepare God's people for the long-promised deliverer. Oh, you oh. must be cold. Oh, my son. I will love you and protect you for as long as I live. I shall never let any harm come to you. All right, the story. Before we married, your mother and I often saw each other at the end of the day, strolling in the twilight enjoying dinner at her parents' home. That's why I was caught off guard one morning while hard at work. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Joseph. Mary. Oh, oh please, sit. I wanted you to know... Oh, thank you. Um, I'm going to visit my cousin Elizabeth. Well, doesn't she live in Judah? M Mary, you're not going alone. Yes. No, no, it's not safe. Joseph, 
You can't go with me. You know it's not allowed. Please, just pray for me. How long will you be gone? Um, a few months. Months? Mary, I... I know there must be a good reason. Yes, there is. And you don't want to share it? Not now. Uh, Joseph, I promise I will when the time is right. (sighs) Yes. You'll send word when you're there so that I'll know you're safe? Oh, yes, of course. How relieved I was when word came that she had arrived. She stayed with her cousin three months, almost to the time of John's birth. When your mother finally returned, we had a joyous reunion that did not last long. (laughs) I thought you would be happy to see me again. I am, Mary, but something is different about you. Something strange. Joseph... I can't place it, but you're more mature. You've seen something. Experienced something. I can see it in your face. Something has happened, Joseph. Oh, that road is so dangerous. I I knew I should have... No, no, no. No, I wasn't attacked. I couldn't tell you this. It happened before I went to Elizabeth's. Before? Yeah. Mary, I don't understand. The reason I went to Elizabeth's house was because I was visited by an angel. Now hear me, son. This news troubled me. She told me about Zacharias, Elizabeth, of John's impending birth. I was stunned. A relative of my fiancé carrying the forerunner of Israel's Messiah? But that was the least of it. I felt like Zacharias, struck dumb when your mother told me. She herself was with child. I mean, my mind raged with questions, consequences. Let me tell you, little one. It was a blessing from the Almighty that I was unable to speak a word. Joseph, hear me. Gabriel greeted me and told me the Lord was with me. You cannot begin to imagine my fear, but he told me not to be frightened because God had chosen to bless me. He told me I was to have a son and to name him Jesus, that he would be great and called the Son of the Most High. God was to give him the throne of David, and he would rule over Israel forever. I know, I know what you're thinking, and I ask the same question. How could I have a child when I'm a virgin? Gabriel told me that God's Holy Spirit would come upon me and that the power of the Most High would overshadow me. The baby would be the Holy Son of God. Joseph, the angel also told me that Elizabeth, despite her advanced age, was six months pregnant because nothing is impossible with God. What could I say? I believed I am the Lord's servant and willing to serve him in any way he asks. Oh, please, please wait, don't leave. When I arrived in Judah, Elizabeth told me that the child within her leapt. She told me that that my child and I were blessed. And she called me the mother of her Lord. Little one, all I could do was shake my head. It was too much. But I loved her. How could I end our betrothal while keeping her from shame and perhaps even death? I tried to work, but my hands were worthless. I staggered to my mat and sat with my head in my hands. And soon I lay back and fell asleep. And child, as God is my witness, an angel visited me in a dream. 
From the first instant, I knew it was real. He called me my name and identified me as a son of David. He told me not to be afraid to marry your mother because you were indeed conceived by the Holy Spirit. He told me she would have a son and that I was to name him Jesus for he would save his people from their sins. When I awoke, I never looked back. Since my childhood, I have heard the prophecy that a virgin would conceive a son who would be called Emmanuel, or, or God is with us. That, my son, as wondrous as it is to even imagine, is you. We were excited as the time came near for your birth. And then came the news. We had to go to Bethlehem for registration and taxing. With the counsel of the midwife in my ears, we set out. I walked the entire way. Your mother alternated walking and riding a small donkey. Despite the pain in her eyes, she never complained. We finally reached Bethlehem late one chilly night. Nazareth? Oh. My friend, you, you've come a long way. My wife and I must find lodging immediately. Oh, yes, well, I'm sorry. We have no rooms left. Well, my wife is with child. Uh, and oh. There's nothing I can do. Where would you suggest? Oh, sir, there is not a room to be found in the city tonight. Oh, please, I'll take anything. A, a corner somewhere. Just get us out of the weather. Uh, how far along is she? Oh, her time is near. Oh. <sighs> All right. Follow me. This is wholly up to you. Thank you. Well, you may not thank me when you see it. Nazareth, why, you could have gotten an exception in her condition and come here by yourself. And missed the birth of our son? Oh, you know it's a son, do you? Well, I... If I'd asked my wife to travel 70 miles at her time... <laughs> well, here we are. We let our tenants oh. keep their animals here. No, this is no place for I, a... I said it was your choice. It's all I have. It's shelter. It's cold. It's wet. It's It smells. It's free. I must lie down. Please, Joseph. It's all right. You can build a fire there to warm yourself. Small, near the entrance to give the fire air and keep the smoke away. When the time came, uh, that is to say when you came, I did what needed to be done, followed the instructions the midwife had sent with me, and soon there you were. Oh... Let me tell you, precious one, you did not appear to have been sent from God. <laughs> Red, squalling, your mother gently wiped you dry and wrapped you tightly in cloth. Meanwhile, I formed a nest of hay for you in a box made of wood. Oh, when you settled into my arms, I felt as if I were holding heaven. After you fell asleep and I felt myself drifting, I nestled you in the manger and pulled it close to where your mother and I lay. And I settled back, the fatigue finally washing over me. Even more, I was overcome by a love for you that flooded my being. What? Where is... I have him. I have him. He was hungry. 
Are you well? Mm -hmm. Did you sleep? I'm fine. I was able to rest. Mm -hmm. You were exhausted. Shh. What? Someone's coming. Oh, no. They won't make us leave, will they? Um, may, may I help you? We're, we're sorry to bother you. This has to be the place. We saw your fire. Is there a baby here? A ba baby? Yeah. Why do you ask? Sir, we mean no harm. Uh, we were told we would find a child. Told by whom? The, the innkeeper? Uh, please, let me explain. We were tending our flocks outside the village. An angel of the Lord appeared. An angel? Glory shone all around us. He told us not to be afraid. We, we were scared to death. He, he said he, he brought us good news of, of great joy. The Savior, yes, the, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in, in Bethlehem. He said we would find the baby in a manger wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Come inside. Please, you're welcome here. Oh, thank you. Oh, is this, can, can he be the one? Tell me what you saw, what you heard. Their faces shone as they talked of angels filling the sky, saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors. Those shepherds told everyone about you and what they saw. We stayed in Bethlehem, and 41 days after you were born, <laughs> we took you to the temple. I said the words just as the angel had told me. His name is to be Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. As soon as the brief ceremony concluded, an old man approached. Forgive me. I don't mean to intrude, but may I hold your son? Uh, you are... Simeon. Simeon. I've waited so long for this day. Yes, Simeon. Here... Take the child. I've prayed for years for the Messiah who would come and rescue Israel. And now... His name is Jesus. Oh, Jesus. God's Holy Spirit revealed to me I would not die until I saw the Lord's Christ. He led me here today to you, to this child. Lord, now I can die in peace. As you promised me, I have seen the Savior you have given to all people. He is a light to reveal you to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Bless you both. This child will be rejected by many in Israel, and it will be their undoing will be the greatest joy to many others. Thus the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword shall pierce his very soul. He thanked us as he handed you back, but you can imagine how that last statement clouded our joy. We knew the prophecies said you would suffer at the hands of men. In spite of that, I resolved anew to allow no harm to come to you for as long as God gave me breath. 
An old prophetess, Anna, also met us there and confirmed what we believed about you. Then, shortly after we returned to Bethlehem, we were visited by exotic men from the east. They were wise magi who brought you gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They also brought news that King Herod wanted to come and worship you. <laughs> oh, son, I, I have never trusted King Herod. And that very night, an angel of God visited me as I dreamt and told me, Get up and, get up and flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to try to kill the child. I woke your mother, and we left that instant. When we finally arrived here three days later, we were out of King Herod's jurisdiction. Oh, we should move inside, little one. Your eyes are heavy. But you must hear the saddest part of your story. The men from the east never returned to tell Herod where they had found you. And as Jeremiah prophesied, in a fit of rage, Herod ordered that all male children in Bethlehem, more than two dozen, be put to death. Joseph sat on a wood bench, setting the child on his lap. He reached under the blanket and allowed the boy to grasp his index fingers and hold himself up. The diminutive face was animated, the lips pressed together and Joseph feared the hungry baby would begin crying again. A low moan escaped the baby, and he released his grip on Joseph's fingers. The carpenter quickly reached behind the boy to gather him up, standing and straightening the blanket and nightclothes. And as he pulled the boy to his chest, the tiny cheek pressed against his shoulder. Joseph realized his finger felt suddenly whole. No pain, no swelling, no wound. Joseph tiptoed to the bedroom, carefully lowering the boy to the mat beside Mary. She roused. Come here, little one. Did you have a good talk with your father? Joseph lay back down, idly rubbing his heeled knuckle with his thumb. He quickly drifted off. But in a dream, he was sitting up, a brilliant light filling the room. He was alone, except for an angel of the Lord. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, the angel said, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. Joseph and Mary did return to Israel, and the scriptures record that they were afraid to live in Judea, so they settled in the district of Galilee in a town called Nazareth. In Act 2, we see Joseph at the end of his life, and Jesus, no longer a baby, but a grown man, preparing for public ministry. I hope you'll join us. If you've enjoyed this Holding Heaven radio special, look for the book at your favorite bookstore or online retailer. It's published by Integrity and written by Jerry B. Jenkins, illustrated by Ron DeCiani. Many have wondered throughout the centuries what happened to Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. In my novella, Holding Heaven, 
illustrated by Ron DeCiani and published by Integrity. I try to imagine what it must have been like for Joseph to hold his infant son and know that this was not his own flesh and blood, but the very Son of God, the Messiah. Now in Act 2, we fast forward 30 years. Son? Yes, Mother. Is he? Uh, he's asking for you. Coming. Is he lucid? He is. Very weak. Very tired. Hmm. Is he in pain? Oh, no doubt. But he will not complain. What does he want of me? Is it the end? Oh, who can know? He wants to talk. <laughs> he wants to listen. <laughs> Back at the cramped house, the aroma of fresh-hewn cypress, pomegranate wood, olive wood, and even some rare and expensive cedar wafting from the shop. Jesus carried a heavy chair to his father's bedside as his mother poured a cup of water. Oh. My son. My father. Here. Take a little water. The accounts. The orders. Rest. Everything is on schedule and under control. Because of you. <laughs> because of you. The shop could run itself for years. Oh, you have been a good son. Beloved. So respected. All I want is to honor you and my heavenly father. Are you in pain? I'm troubled, my son. If you are to be the ruler of Israel, why must you suffer? Tell me, when will you take the throne? It will soon come time for the world to understand who I am. Yes. Yes. Tell me. Abba, you taught me the customs, the traditions, mm -hmm. schooled me in the holy books. <laughs> you taught me to fish. <laughs> you taught me your trade. Oh, let us not reminisce. I did what any father would do. You were easy. What I want to know is, what comes next? What will I miss? How will a carpenter be revealed to the world as having come from God? Who will believe it? Why will they believe it? Many won't. That is my worry. Your pain will be my pain. You have done all you can for me, Father. It has pleased me to be your son. And now it will please me to do the will of my Father in heaven. What is he asking of you? Many wonderful things are to come. And many hard things. If you care for me, if you would still honor me, spare me none of it. Very well. I suppose you've been hearing of the preaching of Cousin Elizabeth John. I have heard. They call him the Baptist, but most think him mad. He rants that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yet he wears ragged clothing, eats food in the wild, preaches in the wilderness. <laughs> People from all over go out to hear him. He calls down the religious leaders and even the Romans. He's likely to get himself killed. Not to mention the one he preaches about. The one he says will not 
be baptized with water, but with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's foretelling your coming, is he not? Yes. He's going to get you killed as well. Nothing will happen that is not the will of God. When John baptizes me... Must he? He must, because we must do everything that is right. And when he does, the heavens will be opened, and the Spirit of God will descend upon me, and God will call me his beloved Son, in whom he is pleased. Oh, I would trade a year of my life to witness that. I will not be there, will I? No. But you will also be spared my trials. And will you eat now, Joseph? All right. A little. Here, let me help you. I have a long road and much to do in a short time. And will you be alone? I will not. I will surround myself with a small band of men that God has already chosen. A cabinet of wise counselors. <laughs> Some wiser than others. <laughs> Fishermen, mostly. A tax collector. Not the kind one might expect. And they will be your advisors when you come into your kingdom. Here, let me cover you. Are you not weary? Should you not sleep? Oh, there will be plenty of time for sleep, my son. Tell me, who will be your enemies, and why will they hate you? The proud, the puffed up, those who would usurp the authority of God will not receive me. I will preach a message of paradoxes. Paradoxes? Do you want to rest a while? No, I, I want to learn. I want to know. The message of heaven is foreign to the minds of men. God's ways are not men's ways. God is difficult to understand. He who has ears, let him hear. Tell me a paradox of God. <laughs> there are many. Oh, one. Very well. Think about this. Unless a person changes to become like a little child, he will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I'll have to ponder that. <laughs> you see? Profound. Of course. It is the wisdom of God himself. Another. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The words fill my brain, and yet I... <laughs> Think about it in the morning. Oh. Morning may not come for me. Tell me more. As the midnight hour approached, the old carpenter seemed to take a turn for the worse. Jesus himself was tired and wished he could stretch out on his own mat. But if his father did not last the night, there would be no work anyway the shop would be closed. The family would prepare the body. It would fall to him to care for his mother. I thirst. I 
That entire pitcher could not satisfy me. Whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of me shall never thirst. Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. For the scriptures declare that rivers of living water shall flow from the hearts of those who believe in me. I know who you are. I believe in you. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, come into the world. Soon you will be with my father in paradise. Father, are you suffering? No. I am bewildered. I know who you are because I was told. And because I have lived with you, lo, these many years. But how will others know? Why must you be rejected and come to harm? Is there no alternative? It has been prophesied. But why? It is the will of God. I dare not question the will of God. But though you are not of my flesh, still, I love you as my own son. If God gave me the strength, I would protect you. I would tell the world. I would... Many will accept and believe. And yet, many will not. I... God is not willing that any should perish. That is why he has sent his light into the world, to draw men and women to himself. I will speak his truth, his message. I will... But that will not be enough. You must prove that you are the Son of God. The truth will be there for those who have eyes and ears. Because you say it? I myself would call you mad if I didn't know better. I will do the works of God. Those who are not blinded will see. What does this mean? What will you do? You have been such good parents, mm -hmm. taking me to Jerusalem for Passover every year for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. Since your birth. <laughs> I've continued going. And that will not change. I am to be the Passover lamb. And my father has worked for me in the temple. Lamb? Pa Passover lamb? Sac sacrificial lamb. That is how you will save your people from their sins? Is it the only way? It is God's plan, his will, and that is my mission, to do his will. But must you die? I must do the will of him who sent me. What message will you bring that will so revile people? If we must talk of things to come, Let's talk of the joyful things. Mm -hmm. The miracles? If you wish. Please. I will be imbued with power from on high and given authority over demons and illness and death, even nature. I will heal the sick, give sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, 
speech to the mute. I will cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, allow the lame to walk, restore a withered limb, calm a storm, feed hungry masses, raise the dead. How I long to see it, to see it all. You would not want to see all of it. But those you heal, those you minister to, they, they would never want to see harm come to you. They shall be powerless in the face of God's will. Easy, Father. No, I need to walk. Walk? When you were an infant, I walked you in the night. You can do the same for me. Father and son made their way behind the house, and Jesus set the lantern down. Joseph sat and leaned close, grasping his son's robe. If you bring the message of God and do mighty works in his name, what will turn men against you? People search the scriptures because they believe that in them they will find eternal life. But the scriptures point to me yet they will refuse to come to me. Their approval or disapproval means nothing to me because they will not have God's love within them. They will gladly honor each other, but will not care about the honor that comes from God alone. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own country. People should spend their energy seeking the eternal life I can give. God the Father has sent me for that very purpose. God wants people to believe in the one he has sent. How will you be able to have patience with such selfishness? How long will you be able to put up with such insolence? I have told you, Father. I have come from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do what I want. And the will of God is that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them to eternal life at the last day. It is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life, that I should raise them at the last day. Who could not, would not believe? Even one of my own will betray me. It is the Spirit who gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The very words I will speak are spirit and life, but people can't come to me unless the Father brings them. You will be betrayed. I will choose twelve to follow me, but one will be a devil. He will abandon me to a world that hates me because I accuse it of sin and evil. What will become of you, my son? Oh, don't spare me. Now I must know. I will eventually return to the one who sent me. When they have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then they will realize that I speak what the Father taught me. On the cross? I've spent my life working with wood and taught you the same. And you will be put to death in the Roman way. You asked. You insisted. Perhaps it is good that I will be gone. Religious leaders will call me a blasphemer, for I will tell them that their ancestor Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. 
He foresaw it and was glad. They will rail against me, citing my youth and demanding to know how I can say that I have seen Abraham. I will tell them, the truth is, I existed before Abraham was even born. You force them to kill you. They will be powerless until God wills it. I have come to judge the world. I have come to give sight to the blind and show those who think they see that they are blind. The Pharisees will ask if I am saying that they are blind, and I will tell them, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. You will tell them straight out that you are the Messiah? I will. And yet they will continue to ask. The proof will be what I do in the name of my father. But they will not believe me because they are not part of my flock. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. The Father and I are one. And that is why they will put you to death? For blasphemy? Because... They will see you as a mere man who has made himself equal with God. You would have been a valuable disciple. I don't want you to die. But that is the very reason I am here. A kernel of wheat must be planted in the soil. Unless it dies, it will be alone, a single seed. But its death will produce many new kernels a plentiful harvest of lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who despise their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. When I'm lifted up on the cross, I will draw everyone to myself. It is such a heavy price. It pains me to think of you having to pay it. I want you to have my peace, Father. The peace I give is not like the peace the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. If you really love me, you will be happy for me, because I will go to the Father who is greater than I am. Do you want to return to your bed? I just hate to think of your coming to such an end. Oh, Father, that is not the end. The rulers of this world would have no power over me unless it was given them from above. And God will prove his majesty by raising me from the dead after just three days. My followers will see me briefly before I return to the Father. And I will send a comforter who will teach them and guide them in all things. Take heart, because I will overcome the world. I do not understand all this. It's so foreign to me. It is not for you to understand. I tell you only to honor you. And your mother? Will you tell her? No. Will she be spared it? No. She will witness much of it. <gasps> Father... God honored and blessed her by choosing her for this task, but sorrow will also attend it. 
I feel so powerless. My wife, my son, will suffer, and I will not be here. You have been a wonderful father and husband. You, too, were God's choice. Perhaps you regret wanting to know so much? No, no, no. In truth, I long to know even more. But I'm tired. And I want to bless you. To bless me? May I? Certainly, Father. I... May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. May... <laughs> Set aside fine linen and spices. Let me get them. No, no. I'm all right. I'll, I'll be right back. Please stay with him. I'll carry him inside. Oh. You carried me once, Saba. <laughs> Abba! 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 As I imagined and wrote that last scene, it struck me that Jesus knew this was not the end. He would gain victory over death. He would become sin for us and suffer the wrath of God for you and for me. God loved us so much that he gave his son. And if you believe in Jesus, if you accept his forgiveness, you will have life everlasting. I hope this good news sinks deep into your soul this season. I'm Jerry Jenkins. Thanks for listening. This has been the Holding Heaven radio special. Holding Heaven is written by Jerry B. Jenkins and illustrated by Ron DeCiani. It's published by Integrity and available wherever books are sold. Heard in this adaptation were Tom McElroy, Amy Lilly, and Kurt Ehrman. Written for radio by Chris Fabry. Production provided by Gap Digital and music by Steve Wick. <laughs>